bow your heads with me, Father, as we uh, think about that line. The earth will soon dissolve like snow. And we're here, it's 85 degrees, 90 degrees, and we're not even thinking about snow. If we are, we probably have a problem. <laughs> but Lord, we are grateful for the weather, but at the same time, the picture just draws so clear to us that um, though we think, you know, 10,000 years is a long time, the earth has been around for a long time, when we get into eternity and there is no, not just, no such thing as time, this would be so true. The earth will soon, had soon, just kind of dissolved. And so let us not live for this world. Help us to live for eternity, for infinity, Father. Help us get our minds on that. Yes, we have concerns and responsibilities in this life, but help us be the people that live for another world, another place called your place, heaven. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Nick's going to come forward, give us a high five. In the meantime, Bill will also touch on this, but I want to let you know that there is Bible study uh, this Wednesday and Thursday. We had a little mishap in the, in the program Bible study this week. If I was prepared and ahead, I would tell you what the topic was, but just come. You know, there'll be Bible study Wednesday at Lifehouse, Thursday here. Okay. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. Awesome. So right now, we're going to do uh, our high five. And if you don't know what high five is, it's when I give you guys a question, you get up, go find five different people and see if they know the answer to this question. And this morning's high five question is, what is the most shared content on the internet? So the question is, what is the most shared content on the internet? So get up, go find five different people and see if they know the answer to that. Pressure, don't drop it. No, <laughs> All right, everyone, come grab a seat. Come grab a seat. Grab a seat. Does anybody have any guesses for the answer? Anybody? Shout it out. Memes? Cat videos? That's what Mark Jr. said up here. Weather? Maybe. It's close. It's actually breaking news. So, yeah. I'm sitting in a meeting with Pastor Dale yesterday. He texts me breaking news. I'm thinking, this is the answer to the high five, you know. And his breaking news is, you know, the five reasons people don't go to church. I will talk about that later. 
All right, thanks, Nick. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to all who helped with the fire pit. It was a great success. Thanks for all of you who worked, helped, played with the kids, cooked, whatever it might have been. So thank you so very much. Our next one, I hope to have an ice cream truck here, so we'll see if I can do that. What we might have to do is get a pickup truck, throw a bunch of ice cream in the back, and just show up. So I don't, I don't know how we'll do it. So. All right, there is a phrase that we kind of throw around and uh, jokingly, half-mockingly, half-truthfully in our house is, hey, I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. You're looking for somebody to uh, pave your driveway? I know a guy. Ron Simmons. Man, everybody knows Ron's into paving. You know, you need a mechanic? Hey, I know a guy and a lady. You know, I, I, I know uh, Jim and Betty Posey might want to go there. You know, one of, one of the best things about having a church family is the connection. I look around here, and there's so many connections that we could use and abuse. Except for the fact that as a Christian, your heart is, you know what? Yeah, if I can help somebody, let me help them. Reese, I didn't hear that one, but Viv thought it was pretty funny, whatever it might have been. But anyway, I saw you back there. What is... What is it that you say, hey, I, I know a guy. You know, you got a rash? I know a nurse. <laughs> they might not want to know anything, but I know a nurse. You got a computer problem? Jason stepped out, but I, I'll give you Jason's number. I'll just kind of get out of the way, you know. You need hardware? Jogging. You already know the guy, you know. Three floors, four generations. We all know a guy for something, and I have it in the top of your notes, easy enough. Yeah, it's easy enough, right? Go pull out your smartphone, pull out your notes, uh, fuchsia uh, pink there, so very, very pinkish. And so uh, I have at the top there, easy enough. You know, when it comes to someone you know and someone that is good at something, you have no problem recommending them, you know. When I get ready to have shoulder surgery, you know, my mom had Dr. Zimmer. My sister had Dr. Zimmer. I talked to Dean Brown. Dean Brown had, say, he had rotator. He's good. I heard from everybody, man, and they recommended Dr. Zimmer. But I want to ask you the question, when you hear of someone who's struggling in life, Whatever that might be, you know, they're not even thinking about a spiritual topic. They're not thinking about God possibly, or maybe they are. Let me ask you a question. No matter what situation they find themselves in, who do you recommend? Do you know a guy? It ain't easy. I know, right? It ain't always easy. Do you say to them, I know this guy's name's Jesus. Here's what he's done for me, and this is the most important thing. If you're going to recommend Jesus to somebody, they're going through a difficulty, they might not even be focused on the fact that they're lost and that they need Christ and that they need to hear the gospel. Can you use that open door to do exactly what Jesus did in all four of the gospels? Find a way to share the gospel. Many problems that you will run into in life cannot be fixed. Don't tell them if they're having a tough situation and and life is going to eventually take them down this road. Don't tell them, oh, Jesus will fix that if you come to him. That's not always necessarily true. He can fix a lot of things, but not everything because the point that you want to make is you want to share the gospel. So I passed out a sheet of paper today and I said, could you in like about two or three sentences tell me what the gospel is? What would you put there? Because if you don't know what the gospel is, how is it exactly that you would share it? 
Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, you have it right there. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, when you hear that, you think that's for the uppity-ups in the church, right? That's for the pastors, that's for the priests, that's for all of the uppity-ups. But that is never, ever, ever the case. That is for you, and that is for me. I can't get into where you work and your circle of friends, and you probably can't get into mine. So where we go, we go as secret agents, spies, and ambassadors to share the gospel. So I ask you that question, what is the gospel? Today, I'd like to help us get through this maze of, I know it ain't easy, but you can get through the maze, you can get through it. And Ryan, thank you for the graphic, is a good one today, thank you. So here, uh, having your notes, I'd like to just open by telling a uh, story that Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. Ta- I wanted you to talk about what is easy, because you can find something to talk about that you then can bridge to the gospel. Here it is, I'll just read a little bit of it. Uh, Here's verse 7 of John, the fourth chapter. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, folks, is that about just about as boring and as natural as about everyday things that can be in the world? Going to draw water, going to draw water. It's special because Jesus is there. And whoever you run into, wherever you're at, whatever might just seem to be a boring every day, can turn into a Jesus moment and turned into a place where Jesus is there. Verse 8, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Jesus is there by himself. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Jesus is breaking two big rules. Number one, the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. Number two, you don't talk to a woman alone in public. Um, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? It's almost like, you know, this isn't factual. He, she's got a little bit of sarcasm in her mouth, in her voice. You know, it's because Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, uh, if you knew the gift of God. How's that for a transition? You know, you know, why are you doing this? What are you doing this? You're, this is not really the normal way people do things. And so he just says, you know, if you knew the gift of God, and you're talking about water, right, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And Jesus kind of turns to what? To like third person, him, you know, talking outside of himself. Verse 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who dug this well, who gave us this well, and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Folks, she's not really thinking about the gospel. She's heard the word gift, or gift of God. And she is concerned about spiritual things. You may run into somebody that's not. All right, that relieves you. But if they're concerned at all about uh, things of God, verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He takes the situation, talks about something, you know, food, drink, you know, light of the world, all kinds of different pictures. Jesus in four gospels teaches you and me how to take everyday situations and turn it to share the gospel, verse 14. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. In other words, if you can get this water, this eternal water, this water that is the Spirit of God, it just produces water in and of itself. It produces spiritual life in and of itself. And of course, she wants this because she's in the middle of the day. She's getting water in the middle of the day. Women don't get water in the middle of the day when it's hot. 
They go early in the morning or evening, you know, just when it's cool. But, of course, he has to address one thing that's very important to the gospel, and that has to do with our sin, our rebellion. He says, well, go call your husband. Well, she said, I don't have one. He said, okay, you spoke the truth. You've had five. You know, one you're with now isn't. Even your husband, you're living with him. Jesus knew it, so I didn't say, ah, I'm not talking to you. Sinners are who needs the gospel. That is what I was. That is what you were. This is who we approach. Let me give you four different things that will help you and me make something that is difficult a little bit easier, hopefully. Number one, you've got to be a good listener. I hope that you're not like me. It's something I've worked on all my life. Somebody's talking, somebody's saying something. My mind is like, oh, I got an answer to that. And, and you don't hear half the things they say. I learn something, and it's repeated, and I do, do try to live by it. And by me sharing it with you, it helps me personally. I was taught a long, long time ago in the beginning of ministry, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. You get ready to share the gospel. You get ready to share your intellect, your welding skills, your whatever it is, because people, we love to talk about ourselves. We're our favorite topic. But can you listen and care about the person and see their soul and see their lostness, if you don't mind me saying that? Who do you care? Uh, who do you know that truly cares about you? If I, if I was to say, who, who, who would that name be? Who would it be? Who truly cares about you? Because honestly, as you say that, as, as I ask that question, that's not the question today. The question is, Evan, who do you truly care about? And that has to be whoever Jesus will bring into my path. Whoever Jesus brings. It doesn't matter if I like or don't. Or what. No, it's some people are easier to like and love and care about than others. Jesus sat, he talked, he asked, and it all started at the well. There's water, everyday life. And she perceived he cared because he broke some of the rules to say the fact that he would sit there and talk to her. You know? Who do I care about? Are people a bother to me? Can I see their soul? When this life stops and their emotions and their feelings are still with them in eternity, can I see past some of the things that I just necessarily don't care about? And uh, like you and I, you know, you have people that come in and out of your life all the time. You know, you got somebody, I was real close with this guy, yada, yada, and so you're close to him and haven't heard or seen him for a long time. He battles with some different things and stuff like that. But the Lord lays them on my heart. And so I start texting them a couple weeks ago. You know, I always have a good reason not to, don't you? He did this, he did this, I did this, they did, you know, it's just, but you want to, sense that nudge from Jesus and so I text him see how he's doing back and forth we go a little bit talk about maybe going fishing this that the other a little bit well I'm in Columbus yesterday and I get a um, I get a, a, a text from him hey are you at the church are you in town I'm like no I'm out of town he says oh he says bummer I said well, why what's up and he, he lets me know that uh, his mom's been in the hospital for three weeks and quite possibly he's going to pass away his dad fell and broke his hip all right so I got it Lord and preparing this message helped me to constantly stay where I need to stay. And so my goal, my purpose is, is to just go to his house, just stop by, stop all the excuses that you don't, that you have. This person did this, that. What, what difference does it make? There is an eternity. Evan, can't you get past it? 
there's an eternity. Be a good listener. You have a connection with somebody out there that you can help. For somebody out there, you're the guy or you're the girl. You got a question about uh, teaching kids? Hey, go see a teacher. Talk to a teacher, you know. Connect with, you have something. You say, no, I don't got nothing. I probably could spend about an hour with you and find out a couple very special things that somebody needs from you, that you could be there. And if you would just offer it up to the Lord, you'd be surprised who he'll bring into your life. You'll be surprised. But we have to listen. We have to care. Then we have to act. Then they'll know that's what this woman at the well knew. They care. So I know it don't come easy. Sharing Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel don't come easy. To listen is hard work sometimes, but it is a key to sharing Jesus Christ, his gospel, and sharing his gospel with somebody that needs to hear it. Because nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Number two, find what moves them. You spend any amount of time with somebody, you can find what, I mean, you can listen, and if you listen, you'll find out what touches their emotions, what concerns do they have, what burden are they carrying, what are they passionate about. Just listen, and in a little bit of time, you'll get that connection, and when you get that connection, you'll get something that's close down in here. And if you can connect the gospel to what's down in here, you have gone a long way in doing exactly what Jesus did time after time after time. If you listen and find out, the gospel will almost come naturally, you know. You have a, a, a passion for rescuing animals, you know. I mean, you have a passion for rescuing animals. I, I seem to run into more and more people. This is what they do. Honestly, it's the last thing in the world I care about. Unless I happen to be talking to that person who Jesus put in my path. You talk to somebody they care about, and they talk about rescuing animals. Is that not a perfect transition to the one who rescued human beings? Animals need rescuing. Do you not know everybody's born with a sinful? And when you talk to somebody, very rarely will you get somebody that say, well, they've never sinned. So start with yourself. Yeah, this is where I was. This is, you know, and I, I met the rescuer of human souls. You know, a great uh, opportunity, great. Uh, uh, what, what's their burden? Are they carrying a burden for somebody uh, that is sick in their family, somebody that's in the hospital? Folks, you could ask them, can I put them on my prayer team? And then do it. And then call back in a couple days, come back and say, hey, my prayer team has it, yada, yada, yada. And I know this isn't for everybody, but what if you were to say, would you mind if I visited them in the hospital? Do you know how many times lay people ask somebody that? They're like, well, you would do that? Yeah, and you get a passage of Scripture or two that you could talk to them, read to them. You know, five, ten minutes. Never know what door is open. Never know what door is open, you know. Somebody's going through a divorce. Well, I know somebody, you know, they went through this, that, the other. Here's what really helped them. There was this divorce. If you'd be interested, I could get you information. Care when you hear somebody. Uh, there was this one time at, at a certain situation. These people were coming in, and, and it was, a, a, it was a, somewhat of a church service or whatever. And um, they, they, the mom came in and said, well, my daughter uh, doesn't want to leave their cat out in the car. Because it's 89 degrees outside. And I'm thinking, why not? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I restrained. And it was like the Lord said, you know, you, these people are going to come in and possibly hear the gospel. Gonna, and it's just like 
So the cat in its little cage stayed in my office. I got to go straight to heaven for that. Because I had people saying, Evan, they left their cat with you. Are they out of their minds? I'm like, they don't know me. You get it? It isn't always what me. It's like Jesus is standing there saying, I got you. I got you, Evan. He's got a great sense of humor if you can see it that way. It don't come easy to share the gospel with someone, even when they got so many different ideas and thoughts, but it's pretty easy to find what moves them, what touches them, and then practice in your mind how to lead them into the gospel, which is what number three is. Relate after you've listened, after you've found out, you relate it to the gospel. You know, what's the gospel? You really haven't told us, Evan. What'd you write on your piece of paper? Here. Never forget this, the gospel has two things connected to it, and they're both a bit of tension. The tension for the first part of the gospel is mankind rebelled, and every person is born a sinner. We have original sin. That's the problem. But you have the solution. The gospel has a problem, and it has a solution. And the solution is Jesus Christ. The solution is the one who paid the price. The solution is... Christ and so you know the gospel now and to the person who would do what Jesus said repent for the kingdom of heaven is near repent turn from the way that you're going turn and ask for forgiveness sins turn and you can have your sins forgiven you can share that with somebody you don't just share it with them at some point you got to ask them the question what do you want to do with Christ well, let me think about it, okay? Well, what can we, what do I need to do? You want to pray right here? And you'll have all kinds of different varieties of ways. This is not for pastors. This is for people who love Jesus. Everything we just sang about. I'll shout it from the rooftops. When's the last time you did that? Putting a roof on, shouting, I love Jesus. Shouting it from the rooftops. When have you even whispered it? You know, when? when how, what are we doing? Philippians. How, you know, here's the one thing to do. Have two or three verses somewhere in your phone, whatever. People do this all the time. One of friends of mine does this all the time. You know, when you, you, you start to talk about the gospel, you, you start to share about uh, the, the cross, and you think, you know, in Philippians, the second chapter, the first, what, 10 or 12 verses are just fantastic. But if you just have one, and, and here's the New Living Translation of Philippians 2, verse 7. And as you're talking to them, you tell them, you know, Jesus Christ didn't just stay up in heaven. He came to give his life. And verse 7 says, Jesus gave up his divine privileges. Paints a little picture in their head. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. And he goes on to say that he gave his life he didn't think so much of himself that he didn't think of you and you can tell that person he cares about you even in the midst of whatever might be difficult for you what are you going to do with christ find a way to relate it to the gospel there are some passages of scripture that will speak to their situation and when you come across it folks even if you use john three sixteen, for god so loved the world you tell your friends for god so and put there for god so loved you gary that he gave his one and only son. You watch how the Holy Spirit will use that when you make it personal. Because they've heard and heard, but all of a sudden their name's in there. You know what uh, 
somebody who's who's a boss, and you know them, and you know that they're frustrated. Maybe they're a boss, maybe they're a foreman, maybe they're a business owner, and they're so frustrated. They got somebody, they got a good crew, but they're talking to you, and they're telling you, I got this person, they're young, they won't get there on time. They come back, we give them an hour for lunch, they get back late all the time, the only person to do it, you know, and you say to them, well, what's the policy of, of the company? Well, the policy is, you know, three strikes, you're out. The first one, the boom, 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 boom. And so it comes along, it gets to the place, and he's got to write them up, and he's got to let them go, and he doesn't feel good about it, but he has to do it. How would you relate that to the gospel? Do you know somebody who says there's only one way to get into heaven? Do you know somebody who has written, I'm the way, the truth, and the light? Do you know somebody that says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands? Do you know somebody who has said, you know, here I am, come to me. You don't have to be late. You don't have to get fired. You don't have to lose your soul. But if you would lose your soul for me, you will find it and you will gain it. How's that? You know somebody in a situation. I, I could give you all kinds of different possibilities. I just wanted to give you several so you know. And, you play. and if you need an opportunity to take, and, and once you've talked to somebody, whatever it is it. A little bit of time with Christ. Some time in the scriptures. Most especially, I would say, the gospels. Folks, what happens to somebody who breaks the rules where you work? This is what happens. What happens in the spiritual realm to the person who breaks the rules? They'll get it because they understand rules. They're in a position of leadership. You didn't want to fire them, and Jesus didn't really want to send you into eternity without them, but you did, and he will. You find a way. If you read your Bible and you know Jesus, you know he's the master of doing this very thing. The gospel is the tension between good news and bad news. The bad news is we're sinners lost. The good news is Christ came. And anybody can turn from their sins to Christ, and you can do it. You can lead somebody to Christ. If you made it a goal, if you prayed about it, God would open up a door because he cares about the lost. How many is on our prayer list? Lord, I want to win five people to Christ this year. Here I am. Use me. Relating someone's situations to the gospel, it don't come easy, but we can learn this if we want to share Christ with others. And when you get to this place in this perfect situation, you'll probably be nervous. You'll probably be a little bit of afraid. I am too, to this very day. But you push past it like you do many times in many situations. Here's one last one, number four. Connect a current event. You know, we just talked about a bunch of current events. There's two ways that current events connect. Number one, in your personal life. What is personally going on in your life right now? It's a current event. You're talking to somebody that's telling you something current. Okay, we did plenty of those. Let me just do another one. How about a current event that's happening in the news? That somebody, they come up, they start talking to you. Did you hear about that coach, uh, with the, the, the soccer coach with the 12 kids, the Thai soccer players, and they were trapped in this cave. They, they've been there for two weeks, and you're talking to them about this, that, the other. And then you might ask the question because you've thought and you've propped this, or the Holy Spirit, because you want to, he'll prop you. And he says, yeah, what did you think about the one guy who lost his life? Was he a, a, a Thai uh, seal? Uh, yeah. he, what do you think about the guy who lost his life trying to save them? All 12 and the coach ended up getting out, but one guy lost his life, and a lot of other guys put their life online. Yeah, man, that guy was really something. You know where I'm going? 
What would you think about somebody who would lose their life so you could gain eternity? What that guy did is fantastic. But there's one that did it for every rebellious sinner out there. And then you tell them something about you. Don't try to be up here uppity about it. Humble yourselves. Here's where I was at. Here's what Christ did for me. And then you take a current event and you relate it to them and they get an opportunity to share the gospel. And what happens when you share the gospel? Some respond. Some start to think about it. Some fluff it off and never think about it because they don't want to. That's what happens. You don't kick the ball through the goalposts every time. Matter of fact, very few times. It's amazing how few times. It's can be just and maybe that's why some of us have pulled back it's just like i've done that i've done that no but to be found faithful in sharing the gospel in planting you never know imagine this picture (laughs) there's this kid that i'm working with on night shift and he doesn't drive and he hitchhikes everywhere he goes he a guy picks up picks this guy up and gives him a chick track that talks to him about what it means to be born again growing up in my background I, i never even heard the phraseology born again i didn't even and so he comes into my office he flips it on the table and he says this i picked this this guy picked me a pitch like ah these christians they gave me this he throws it on my desk walks out and i read the whole thing i just happened to be around one of my friends from work he's dating a christian and they're telling us in a wonderful way about the Bible and we should read it and inviting us to church and this, this, and that. And this comes across my desk as if Jesus doesn't have it all planned out for those who care and somebody you care about. I'm going to Lakeland College at night. They're, the Gideons are there passing Bibles out. Like, I had a bunch at home, but I got this little one, like about a six font, burning my eyes, I'm reading it. And I find out you must be born again. That guy driving that car... I'll probably see him in heaven. He don't probably even know. The guy that he intended it for didn't go for him. And that may be the very situation that you find yourself in. Connecting a current event is pretty easy. I I know it don't come easy, share Jesus Christ with someone, but it's easier if we care. Not so easy, but oh so necessary, right? In your notes, Hard people to share the gospel with. Hard people to share Jesus with. There's all kinds of them, right? A lot of times they say family or an old friend that's so hard, an antagonist or an agnostic or an atheist or somebody that just, you know, just wants nothing to do with it, you know? What do you do when you've tried to share the gospel and they kind of make you feel like you're a fool? What do you do when they reject everything you say and what you believe? What do you do? And exactly what Jesus said to do. Shake the dust off your feet and move on to somebody else. But you saw my central point. I know that. Yeah. What did Jesus tell his disciples? Go in there and if they won't take it, shake the dust. Read the prayer for them. Move on. But, folks, I know you have some people that really feel highly about you. They may not be a good judge of character, but they feel highly about you. You have somebody, you're an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or a grandpa to somebody. Do you know who the easiest people in the world to share the gospel with is? Children. You want to share the gospel? Join our children's ministry. They'll listen to you. 
you a grandma and a grandpa, babysitting, don't just be babysitting. You can share the gospel with them. You have a niece or a nephew that you take fishing or you take go-karting or whatever it is you do. They look up to you. They're easy to share the gospel with. And today, my nephew and my sister have both given their life to Christ at Lifehouse and attend every Sunday. But it was years of planting and years of planting. So here, here, Mr. Rosenau, here, the central point of the message. Thank you. Prayer paves the way. And this is the thing that we just don't really practice a lot. I, I, right? You want somebody. That's why I opened the altar today. You know, when's the last time you brought somebody's soul to the altar? You got somebody's name written down somewhere? Folks, next week we're talking about one of our goals for 2018, fasting. Are you willing to fast for someone? We're talking about that next week. You know, pray for them. Pray for yourself that God will give you the courage, that God will give you the wisdom. He promises to give you. Pray for yourself and then pray for them because nothing gets done in a person's heart until we've asked God to move in their heart. Ephesians 1.17, right? In, the, in and around that whole area. Pray for the eyes of their heart to be opened for a, for a revelation, which is basically simply God opening their heart to spiritual things. Are you pounding on their hard-shelled heart with the softening effect of prayer? Prayer, prayer paves the way. Do you care enough to fast for someone's soul? You got to listen to people. Don't talk over them. I'm talking to myself. You got to find what moves them, what motivates them, what touches them. You have to find a way to relate something in the gospel to them. And you have to connect a current event. That's just another option, connect a current event. So I have in your notes to think eternally, right? Think eternal, everybody. Folks, you and I are in dress rehearsal. This isn't a show. Dress rehearsal goes on. Whenever we do something, we have a dress rehearsal, an hour and a half. We have dress rehearsal normally on a Thursday for Easter. On a thir- you know, We have a dress rehearsal. And this is dress rehearsal, everybody, because there will come a time when the show goes on. It's when the time clock goes away and everybody enters on into eternity. Think eternally. This life is the appetizer. This is fried pickles. This isn't the steak. This isn't the lobster. This isn't the meal. Think eternally. Heard this story this weekend about this flock of ducks and the ducks were waddled everywhere that they went. These ducks waddled to church on Sunday morning and the guy standing up in the front, he opened his little duck Bible. He opened up his little duck Bible and he told the ducks that they really didn't have to waddle everywhere they went. He told them that according to his duck Bible that, that they could actually indeed fly. That they could fly, that they could see, you know, from on. They didn't have to really waddle everywhere they went. And the ducks in church said, a duck, amen. And then when church was over, they all waddled home. Let us not be the duck that just continues to waddle when God says, you can fly, you can share, I'll go with you. Don't leave 
the same way that you came in because somebody you know, their soul and their eternity is dependent on it. Father, as you prepare our hearts today, for somebody that you put on our heart, (laughs) maybe it's that person at work that we just don't really get along with too well, but for some reason they like to talk to us. Or maybe it's somebody that's in our neighborhood or on one of the sports teams that our kids are playing on or at school or at work or a neighborhood. Will you open up a door for us and we give you our, with fear and trembling, Lord, we will walk through. You know it ain't easy. You came and gave your life. It wasn't easy for you. May we understand and see and feel that the God who we follow, the Christ, the Christians we say we follow, took the tough road. And our road isn't always easy. We're so concerned about what people think about us. Lord, use us to share the gospel, that tension of the good news and the bad news so that people can have a choice, so that you will move on behalf of people who don't know you to a place of salvation. And before you know it, Lord, maybe they'll be sitting next to us every Sunday morning and spending eternity with us in your heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I do have a few announcements this morning, but before I do that, I would just, uh, on behalf of myself and my 